What is the message of Christmas? It's that the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, became man in order to save us from our sins. That's the message, and to that message we say, Amen. There is no valid Christian or Christmas message apart from the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people refer to it as the virgin birth. Others call it the virgin conception or virginal conception. But regardless of how the doctrine is labeled, that the truth of that doctrine is that supernaturally God became man in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Can I say that again? God supernaturally became man in the womb of the Virgin Mary. You might not realize it, but every time we sing that song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, we proclaim the virgin birth of Christ. We sung it last Sunday as part of our worship service. There is a line in that song that proclaims and shouts out the virgin birth or the virgin conception of Jesus Christ. That line says that Jesus is the offspring of the virgin's womb. Jesus is the offspring of a virgin's womb. Unfortunately, we can sing that song and yet not believe what we're singing. In fact, there are people who do not believe in the virgin conception of Jesus Christ. Even Christians are among those who are declining in agreement to this doctrine. Surveys have been taken, and as the surveys are taken, what we find over and over again is that more and more Christians are rejecting the fact that Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit, that God became man by being placed in the womb of Mary. Was Jesus born of a virgin? Was he? Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 says that that question is important and, and significant. And, and the wonderful thing about our text is that it answers that question. Not just once, not just twice, but five different times our text answers the question about whether Jesus was born of a virgin. And when you look at Matthew, when you look at that text, it proclaims the meaning and the significance of the virginal conception of Jesus Christ. And so I want us to consider this morning, this day, this Christmas day, this text, and how it answers the question 
was Jesus born of a virgin? Consider the answer of the gospel writer Matthew in verse 18. The author of our text and the author of these 28 chapters that we call the gospel of Matthew is none other than Matthew who was a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, one of the twelve. In the Gospel of Mark, he was introduced as Levi, a tax collector, despised. But the Lord Jesus Christ called Levi and others to follow him and to be with him. And he is the one who writes this book that we call the Gospel of Matthew. And he writes it to Christian Jews that they might know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that he is the king. Before Matthew, Matthew answers the question, he provides the setting of these verses. Basically, these verses come under the heading, now the birth of Christ was as follows. These verses focus in on Jesus Christ, or more technically, Jesus the Messiah. And it is looking at his birth. But when you read these verses, the emphasis is not really on his birth. It speaks of that in general, but in reality, in detail, in Pacific, it speaks about the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. It speaks about that virginal conception of our Lord and Savior. The birth story begins with the discovery of Jesus' mother, Mary, being pregnant. Matthew does not tell us how that was discovered, but Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 80 kind of gives us some background. It tells us, first of all, that the angel Gabriel foretold the birth of Jesus Christ and that Mary would be the channel, would be the avenue of the birth of Jesus Christ. And Mary protests and says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. I, I have not known a man. And the angel explains to her. And then after that, with that news in her mind, Mary leaves Nazareth and goes to Judea and visits Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist. Elizabeth is pregnant also, but her pregnancy is due to human means. She's pregnant with John the Baptist. And they have an encounter, Mary and Elizabeth. And eventually, Mary stays with Elizabeth for three months, probably, until John the Baptist is born. And then once John the Baptist is born, Mary returns home. Now, she hasn't seen Joseph for at least three months and possibly four months. Joseph now sees her. But it's more than just that he sees her. He sees the baby bump. She's, he, he sees that she's filled out a little bit around the midsection. 
And from that, he discovers, he finds out that the one that he is engaged to is pregnant. Matthew tells us that when Joseph found out this information, that she was pregnant, it disturbed him. It upset him. But that's getting a little bit ahead of the story. Matthew, in verse 18, says that even though Mary was with child, he explains why and how she became with child. And how was it? That which was in her was a result of the activity of the Holy Spirit. Mary was pregnant, not due to the sexual relationship between Mary and Joseph, but Mary was pregnant due to the activity of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God conceived the God-man in the womb of Mary. Uh, The one who had always existed as a result of this conception took upon human flesh. And that's the explanation for the pregnancy. Matthew tells us that it was before the two of them had consummated their marriage. Matthew also says that this happened when they were betrothed to each other. Now, we don't use the term betrothed. Our word is engaged. So at this point in time, when Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant, they're engaged. In our culture, engagement is no big deal at all. You can be engaged 20 times, and nobody will frown upon that. In the Jewish culture, engagement was serious. It was actually a legal act, a legal matter. And in the Jewish culture... This might shock you, but the girl who was involved in the engagement could be as young as 12 or 13 years old. So when you think about Mary, don't think of an old maid, but think of a young girl, probably 12, 13, or 14. And When a young girl became engaged to a man or to a young man, it was designed and set up by the parents. And you can understand why, right? Here's your 12, 13-year-old daughter getting ready to get engaged. She doesn't know anything. So the parents arranged the marriage. And so when that happened, when the engagement was official, That was the first step in the marriage. The next step eventually would be the wedding ceremony, the wedding occasion where the husband would take his wife home on the wedding night and would consummate the marriage by a sexual relationship. Matthew wants us to know that Mary was found to be pregnant during that time of engagement. And it was before they had come together. 
That's what Matthew tells us. That's what he writes for us. That it was before they had come together to consummate the marriage. And the implication is that they had no sexual relationship. And so if you were to ask Matthew the question, Matthew, was Jesus born of a virgin? Matthew would say, yes, he was born of a virgin. The conception of the child in Mary's womb was by the Holy Spirit. It was not by human means. It was not by a man and a woman or a husband and his wife coming together in the sexual relationship. So Matthew's answer is yes. Yes, Jesus was born of a virgin. But he's not the only one to answer that question, was Jesus born of a virgin? When you look at verse 19, we have the answer of the godly man, Joseph. Joseph answers the question. And remember, I shared with you how Joseph came to know how Mary was pregnant. It was not because Mary revealed something to Joseph. The text doesn't say that. More than likely, he saw the baby bump. And he knew something was drastically wrong. And so what did Joseph do? Joseph desired to put Mary away secretly. He desired to divorce her. That's how serious the engagement was. That when an engagement took place, the only way you could end it is not just simply giving the ring back. The way you ended the the engagement is that you had to have a writ of divorce. You actually had to have a document where you indicate that the engagement is over, there will be no marriage. Normally, that was something that was done publicly. And particularly, it was done publicly if the woman was found to be with child and it was not the husband's child, as in the case of Joseph and Mary. In fact, you could go to the Old Testament. The Old Testament says in certain situations like this, Mary could have been stoned to death. But how did Joseph handle this situation? Joseph's solution to this situation that he wanted to divorce Mary. And he wanted to do that not privately, I mean not publicly, but privately. He did not want her to be the object of scorn. He did not want her to be labeled as a, an adulteress. Why did Joseph want to do this? It wasn't because he was an angry man. It wasn't because he was a bitter man. It wasn't because of rage. Joseph decided on this action because of his character. Joseph was a godly man. Our text says the reason why he took these steps is, first of all, was because Joseph was righteous. That is, his relationship with God and his relationship was, with others was such that he did what the word of God said, and also he did what the laws of man said. So it could be said of Joseph that he was righteous. 
Not only was he righteous, but he did not want to publicly disgrace Mary. He loved Mary. I hope we understand that. Even though he didn't know her very well, it is clear from the text that he cared about it. He loved her. And so he did not want to subject her to public shame. His righteousness led to showing mercy to Mary. Those two can go together. You can be righteous and you can be merciful. Just because you're righteous does not mean that you cannot have compassion and mercy shown toward others. Joseph was a righteous, gracious man. Joseph, godly Joseph, was Mary, born of a virgin. Joseph would have to say, well, I can't say dogmatically that Jesus was born of a virgin. I can't say that. But what I can say is that I was engaged to her. We had a legal relationship. We were to become husband and wife. And what I can tell you is that I did not have sexual relationships with her and that the child in Mary is not mine. Joseph could say that dogmatically, that this is not my child. So he doesn't definitively say that Jesus was born of a virgin, but he surely does open the door. Are there other answers to was Jesus born of a virgin? In verses 20 and 21, we have the answer of the angel of the Lord. And I want to stress, I didn't say the angel of the Lord, but an angel of the Lord. There is a difference. When the Bible talks about the angel of the Lord, particularly in the Old Testament, that's a reference to the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. But when it talks about an angel of the Lord, that is an angelic messenger of God. And so in verses 20 and 21, we have the angelic messenger of God stepping into the scene. Joseph's decision, it wasn't rash. It wasn't hurried. He didn't just simply say, I'm going to divorce her privately. No, Joseph was pondering and considering and thinking about this situation. It was not something he did rashly, but he did it with thought when he came up with this plan to put away Mary secretly. But as he was pondering, as he was thinking, as he was reflecting, the text says, that an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. This angelic messenger of God suddenly appears to Joseph. And that's why it said, behold. And this angelic messenger appeared to Joseph in a dream. And this angelic messenger 
appearance was accompanied by words. He directly addresses Joseph. He says, Joseph, to to grab his attention. He says, Joseph, and then he further identifies Joseph as the son of David. Now, that's significant because Matthew began his gospel in Matthew 1.1 by saying that Jesus was the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, here is Joseph being addressed as the son, a son of David. And that becomes important because Joseph will become the legal father of Jesus. And Jesus will be in the line of King David. This angelic messenger says to Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Joseph is forbidden to be afraid. Why? The angelic messenger explains to Joseph that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. The same thing that Matthew wrote about in verse 18. Now the angelic messenger says to Joseph, Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't be scared to take Mary as your wife. I want you to understand, Joseph, that which is conceived in her is not a result of human conception, but divine conception. It's a result of the agent of the Holy Spirit. He is the one responsible for the child in Mary. And then the angelic messenger concludes his message to Joseph by saying, she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. Three times, Joseph uses a future tense verb. First, he says, he predicts the gender of Mary's child. Joseph, Mary will bear a son. We have these gender parties to reveal the gender of a child. Well, here the gender is revealed to Joseph. Mary's going to bear a son, a male child. Second, we see that Joseph is commanded to name the child Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus really means you must call his name Jesus. You can't call him any other thing. His name shall be called Jesus. And thirdly, we we find out that the mission of the child is predicted. And the mission of the child is really related to what was just said. His name shall be called Jesus. Why? He and he alone will save his people from their sins. Jesus, from the Hebrew word Joshua, that name, that means God saves. Jesus will be called by the name 
Jesus because it is him. And it is Jesus alone. No other person, no other thing will be able to save people from their sins. This this one who is conceived in the womb of Mary, this one who will be born, this one who will live his life, this one who will be killed on the cross and buried and raised from the dead and ascend back to heaven, this one will be the one who will save and deliver his people from their sins. And when it says his people, not just talking about Jewish people, but it's talking about anyone who repents of his sins and put his faith or her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus will save his people from their sins. Without this virgin conception, there'll be no salvation. There'll be no way that people can be separated from their sin. There'll be no way that people can be forgiven their sins. It it demands not only the birth of Jesus, but it demands the virgin conception of Jesus. The two go hand in hand. So Jesus will be called by this name. This will be his mission. And that's the other thing that the angel of the Lord says to Joseph. That the one who is in the womb, that one will save their people. What good news. What wonderful news. What marvelous news. It it, it states that people are sinners by nature and by choice. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what gender you are. You're born into this world as a sinner by nature and by choice. I don't care what your position in life is, what your job is, or how much money you've made, et cetera, et cetera. You're a sinner by nature and by choice. And because you're a sinner by nature and by choice, you have amassed sins. You have accumulated sins in your life. You might think you're okay. You might think you're all right, but you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And we accumulate sins in our lives, but Jesus has come in order to save people from their mass of sins which are upon them so that your sins can be separated from you taken away from you and thrown as far as the east as from the west from you. That's his mission. And that mission lines up with his name, that he is God who saves. Was Jesus born of a virgin? The angelic messenger would say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he was. He would say that that which was conceived in Mary was by the activity of the Holy Spirit. It was a divine conception, not a human concession. conception. So we've heard from the gospel writer Matthew. We've heard 
from godly Joseph. We've heard from an angelic messenger of God. Isn't that enough to convince us that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary? In my mind, it's enough, but in God's mind, it's not. And so there are two more individuals who answered the question, was Jesus born of a virgin? In verses 22 and 23, consider the answer of Isaiah the prophet. The prophet Isaiah, who wrote that great Old Testament book that has 66 chapters. And in that book, marvelous things are said about Christ, about the Messiah. But in verses 22 and 23, we have the answer of Isaiah the prophet to the question, was Jesus born of a virgin? And what's interesting, Isaiah is never mentioned. He's never identified. But it's clear that he is the one being spoken of. Because in verse 22, it says that God spoke through the prophet Isaiah. God spoke through a human channel, through the prophet. And what God spoke through the prophet is recorded in verse 23. But before we look at that, we are learning, not from the angel of the Lord, now it's Matthew again, And Matthew is bringing in Isaiah the prophet, and he wants us to know that everything that has just been said in verses 18 through 21, everything said by the gospel writer Matthew, by godly Joseph, by the angelic messenger of God, everything that was said fulfilled Isaiah 7 verse 14. Some of you know Isaiah 7, verse 14, but even if you don't know, it's in your Bible in Matthew 1, 23. So Matthew is pointing out that verses 18 to 21 was fulfilled by, fulfilled Isaiah's word that they shall call his name Emmanuel, that the virgin shall bear a son, and that that son will deliver his people and he would be called Emmanuel. But let me take it in the order of how it's presented in verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child. Isaiah 7.14, at least as understood by Matthew, is that Mary was a virgin. As the Isaiah 7.14 looks back at everything that was said in verses 18 through 21, what was fulfilled is that a virgin shall be with child. So it's looking at Mary being pregnant. And it's saying that Mary being pregnant is due to the fact of the Holy Spirit. She's a virgin. She has never entered into a sexual relationship with a man. And Isaiah 7.14 predicted that 
And now Matthew's saying it's being fulfilled in the case of Mary. Don't miss it. From Matthew's point of view, Isaiah 7.14 is saying that Mary was a virgin. You can debate that. You can argue with that. But she was a virgin. She was with child. And as we know from our text, she was with child by the activity of the Holy Spirit. The verses also fulfilled Isaiah's word that the virgin shall bear a son. We just saw that. His gender shall be a male. Uh, But the verses also fulfill Isaiah's words that they shall call his name Emmanuel. They're going to call his name Emmanuel. Now, when Matthew quotes Isaiah 7.14, he quotes it almost exactly, verbatim. The only difference is when you read Isaiah 7.14, it says, she shall name him Emmanuel. In fact, when you look at Luke 131, when it's announced to Mary that she will have a child, it says that Mary, you will call his name Jesus. And we just saw in our text that Joseph is told by the angel of the Lord, Joseph, you must call his name Jesus. So when you put all of this together, what we learn is they, Mary and Joseph, will name their child. And that child will be named Jesus. But what we also learn is that that child will be the embodiment, will be the fulfillment of the title Emmanuel. We sing about Emmanuel. We sing about God with us. But the reality of the matter that you won't find in Scripture at all that Jesus is ever called Emmanuel. He's the one who fulfills being Emmanuel. He's the one who is the embodiment of it. But that's not his name. His name is Jesus. And he fulfills the idea of being Emmanuel, which means God with us. So here we learn that when Jesus Christ came into this world, he was Emmanuel. He was God with us. And again, that might not sound meaningful to us, but from a Jewish perspective, where we learned last Sunday, well, two Sundays ago, that only one person on one day during one year could go into the presence of God to speak of the fact that God would be present with his people, with his own. That was a marvelous statement. But it wasn't just simply the idea of God with us in a broad sense. But now that Jesus Christ has been born, now that Jesus Christ is on earth, Jesus is God with people. And that's about as close as you can come to saying that Jesus Christ is God. 
when you think about Jesus, the one who has saved his people from their sins, remember he is the embodiment of God with his people. Isaiah the prophet, do you believe that Jesus was born a virgin? The prophet Isaiah would say, yes, he was. Mary was a virgin. She was a virgin who was with child. And the way that happened is that the God-man was conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit. And because of who he is, God becoming man, he will be God with people. He will be God with us. If you deny the virgin birth, you are denying the fact that Jesus Christ shall be called Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Well, there's one other answer to this question. And that answer comes from somebody that we've heard from before. And so in verse 24 and 25, we have the answer of the obedient man, Joseph. Earlier, I stress the godliness of Joseph. He was righteous. He did not want to disgrace his wife, Mary, by divorcing her publicly. He did not want to do that. Now the emphasis is on the obedience of Joseph. It's been revealed to Joseph why Mary is pregnant. It's been revealed to Joseph what he is to call this child who's been conceived in Mary. All of this information has been given to Joseph. What does he do with it? What do we do with the revelation of God? When we come to God's word and we learn what he says, what do we do with it? Here is Joseph. He had his own plans. He was going to put Mary away quietly. That was his plan. But God revealed a different plan for Joseph regarding Mary. God intervened by sending an angelic messenger to Joseph. And the question is, what is Joseph going to do with what's been revealed to him? Without hesitation, Joseph immediately obeys what the angelic messenger said to him. He didn't go home and pray. He he didn't go seek counsel. He didn't go find his therapist. He obeyed the revelation that was given to him by the angelic messenger of God in the dream. And that's clear in verses 24 and verse 25. First, he took the pregnant Mary as his wife. That's what he did. After he arose from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. Was not afraid. Not what, was not fearful what people might think and what people might say. He took her as his wife. 
And remember in the Jewish engagement, in the Jewish marriage, first of all, there was the engagement. Uh, Then eventually there was the marriage. And that's when the husband took the wife home to live with him and consummated the marriage through sexual intercourse. Joseph took Mary home. But, But notice the second thing. Joseph kept Mary a virgin until she gave birth to a son. Did you hear that? He took her home. So in a legal sense, the marriage was a reality, but he did not consummate the marriage. He did not have sexual relations with Mary, even though she was his wife legally. The the text said he was not knowing her. That's just a polite way, is that he was not having sex with her. He was not. From the moment that he found out that Mary was with child, to the moment that she bore a son, there was no sexual activity between Joseph and Mary. Joseph would tell you, she was a virgin. No ifs, ands, buts about it. And then the final act of obedience on Joseph's part is that he called his name Jesus. Joseph did. Even though earlier Isaiah said it would be Joseph and Mary, but here Joseph called his name Jesus because he understood that Jesus would save his people from their sin. He understood that Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. So Joseph, you seem to have waffled initially. We praise you for your godly character, how you were righteous. You didn't want to disgrace Mary, but but you didn't just come out and say that Mary, the one that you were engaged to, your wife was a virgin, that she was with child by the activity of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say it in verse 19. But he says it in verses 24 and 25, and he says it by his actions. He was not knowing her until the Son, the Messiah, the Christ, was born. The message of Christmas is that the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, became man to save us from our sins. God became man, lived a perfect life, was killed on the cross, was buried in the tomb, was raised from the dead, appeared to many, ascended back to heaven, and sat down at the right hand of God, and he is coming again. That's the message of Christmas. And included in that message is that people can have their sins forgiven by repenting of them and putting their faith and their trust in Christ alone for salvation. Deny the virgin birth. Deny the virginal conception or the virgin conception. 
and you rip to pieces the message of Christmas. Deny this marvelous truth that the God-man was conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit. And there is no good news. There is no gospel. The gospel writer Matthew, the godly man Joseph, the angelic being from God, the prophet Isaiah, and the obedient Joseph. They unite their voices together and they proclaim what the song Heart the Herald Angels Sing proclaim that Jesus was born and was the offspring of a virgin's womb. It is he and he alone who will save his people from their sins. It is he who will be called Emmanuel, God with us. A blessed Christmas to each and every one of you. I trust that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was born of a virgin. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the message of Christmas and thank you for the marvelous truth of the virgin birth of Christ, the virgin conception of Christ, the virgin conception of Christ. Thank you that in the womb of Mary, the God-man was conceived by the Holy Spirit. May we never, ever deny that marvelous truth. And may we recognize the significance of that truth, that the one conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit will be called Jesus because he and he alone will save his people from their sins. Thank you that there is salvation in no other name, no other person than Jesus Christ. Thank you that the one born to Mary and Joseph will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Father, we're so grateful that you are an ever-present God, but thank you that in time in history, the Lord Jesus Christ walked on earth and he was present. God was present with people. And thank you that now as those who have repented of our sins and put our faith in Christ, that God is present with us in the person of the Holy Spirit, that our body is his temple. May we proclaim the marvelous truth this Christmas, that Jesus was the offspring of a virgin's womb. We thank you and praise you for the meaning of this and also the significance of it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.